All right, we're in a series entitled Real. I need you to turn to two passages of Scripture, okay? 2 Corinthians 9 and 1 Corinthians 3. And while you're turning, let me remind you that this ends the four series of Real, but we go now for four weeks of Real Stories. Very, very important. Beginning next weekend, I'm going to share my testimony. Then James Robinson is sharing his. Then Jimmy Evans. Then Clark Whitten. These are incredible testimonies. But what we're doing is we are trying to, every one of us, bring unchurched, lost, backslidden people, maybe even who attend dead churches that need a revival in their encounter with God. We've got to bring people for the next four weeks, not just for mine. Don't just bring them the first week for my testimony. The other three as well. So I want to I want to make a deal with you that you will do anything you can. If you're an employer, give all of your employees a hundred dollar bonus if they'll come. If you're not an employer and you're just talking to a neighbor, tell them we'll take you to dinner any place you want to go. So do anything you can. And and if you say you mean try to twist their arms, yes. It is a matter of life and death, right? Eternal life and eternal death. So please bring people, okay? All right, we're in the fourth message now on real, uh, relevant, engaging. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Hey, Brother Willard. (laughs) Brother Willard's here. How are you, Brother Willard? Hauling some hogs up there north of Dallas. Taking some hogs, huh? Yeah, I decided to stop by and say hello. How you doing? Well, I'm glad you did. It's, it's good, good to, to see, see you. You sure do look pretty today. Thank you, thank you. I'm dressed up for church. Yeah. You dressed up too? I got am your tie? too. I brought my tie because I know I was coming in here. Hey, I seen that little piglet of yours over there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. It looks like a little uh, Chester White. Yeah, okay, that's, that's that's a breed of hog, isn't that it? That is a breed of hog. You take good notes. I see. Yeah, yeah. Well, what are you doing? Well, like I said, I was uh, hauling a couple of hogs up there north of Dallas. I live down there south of Poetry, down there around Rooster Poot. Rooster Poot? Yeah, right across there from, uh, right across the holler from Buzzard Breath. <laughs> been living down there uh, for, oh, generation after generation we've been raising hogs down there. Hey, did I, uh, when we were hanging out and making that day may day, did I tell you my testimony? No, you didn't. Can I? Yeah, go ahead. It'll just take a little yeah, bit of time. tell everybody. Well, what happened was, I was out there on the farm, and I got a cousin named Billy Bobby Jimmy. And uh, we called him Earl. <laughs> and okay. uh, he's a Christian and everything, and I wasn't. Uh-huh. I was still moonshining. <laughs> and, uh, well, he was doing good things for me, being real nice to me, helping me on my truck and keep it running. And it's running out there right now. I had to keep it running because if I turn it off, I can't start it. <laughs> I couldn't find no hill to park on there and pop the clutch. So i got to get out of here pretty quick. But anyway, so Earl kept on talking to me and doing good things for me. And you know, it just kind of working into my mind, uh-huh. kind of soaking down into my heart. And one day I was doing the chores, and I got a lot of chores. I got a, a thousand and fifty-two hogs. A thousand fifty-two. Yeah, and I was out there, and I was feeding my my favorite pet sow, Susie. Susie. And I was in the pen, the pen there, right there, and I was pouring out the feed, and Brother Bob, she attacked me. And I got her held off a bait. We're talking about a one-ton sow all over you. Wow. She's going hog wild. 
And I got her fought off at bay there, but I guarantee you, I was looking in the eyes of a maniac hog. She lost her brain somewhere. And I, I, I know she was going for my jugular vein. Uh-huh. That's right. And right in that moment, my whole hog life passed before my eyes. And it wasn't pretty and it was stinky. But well, right you, then and there, well, right then and there, the Lord come down in that hog pen and saved me. Uh, that's I cried out that's to him right there. Yep, because the Lord, well, what, he knows how to get your attention. Well, what, what happened then with the hog? She got saved too. Okay, good. <laughs> and filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> she prays in the Spirit. Good. Well, so, sometimes when I hear a rooster crow, it ain't the rooster, it's her. <laughs> it's kind of a cross between a chicken and a cat and a dog. It's okay. kind of confusing. Let me intro- introduce y'all. Go ahead. This is actually Clayton Scott, and he played in all the videos. He did a great job. Thank you. Clayton is a wonderful actor and, is, and I thought did a tremendous job, and, and uh, it was pretty fun working on this project, wasn't it? It was a blast. Uh, David Smith, uh, your administrator here, and he wears a lot of hats, but we go back, way back as friends. And when you guys started this project, he called me and asked me if I would like to be a part and add some you know, crazy stuff to it. Of course, I, I was thoroughly excited about the project itself as a way to reach the lost and help all of us to feel a little more capable, maybe, of sharing our faith with people and telling our stories and winning the lost and bringing people to church. I was excited about that. But to add a little bit of humor and funny stuff to the project delighted me. So it was a, a joy to be a part of the project and to work with you. Thank and uh, I had never uh, met Robert before, and the moment I met him, we just gelled, and the chemistry was so tight for us working together, it made it especially fun to work with your pastor, and you sure are blessed and sure are lucky to have him. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Clayton Scott. Thank you, brother. Thank you, Clayton. All right. We're talking about real, engaging, authentic, what? Life. And this week, we're going to talk about life-giving farmers. And we're using the analogy of farming, and you'll see that in the DVD this week in your small group, all right? All right, 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now this is a scripture that is in two chapters on giving financially. 2 Corinthians 8 and 2 Corinthians 9 are talking about giving of our finances. As a matter of fact, 2 Corinthians 8 says... You abound in the grace of other things, faith and diligence and knowledge and things like that. Make sure you abound in this grace also, and it's talking about the grace of giving. And then it uses a farming analogy here that if you sow sparingly finances, if you give uh, with a tight fist, then you're not going to reap very much. But if you give generously, you're going to reap generously. But this is a principle that applies to every area of our lives. I want you to think about this. If you're married, this applies to your marriage. If you will sow into your marriage, if you'll be kind, if you'll be humble, if you'll be a servant to your spouse, you will reap from that. If you're single and are not married yet, if you sow your life and you sow giving, walking with the Lord, reading the Bible, praying, trusting God for the future, you'll reap from that. 
As a believer, if you'll read the Bible, pray, serve, give in the church, you'll read from that. It applies to every area. It's your job. If you'll sow diligence, you'll read from that. Think about this. If you're a student, if you uh, study, that is called sowing. And you'll reap then when you take a test. Don't be shocked when you don't study and you fail. Talking to all of you. It is amazing to me how we expect to reap where we haven't sown. So this is a principle that applies to every part of your life. Now let's apply it to witnessing and sharing our story. And you heard on the DVD three Simple points there, and that's the three points we're going to talk about today, all right? Here's number one. You reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. Now, I know this is simple, but if you plant corn, what are you going to harvest? Corn. If you plant wheat, what are you going to reap? If you plant M&Ms, what are you going to reap? No, it doesn't work. I tried it when I was young. <laughs> plant them all day. They don't grow. If you, But if it's a seed... And you plant a seed, then whatever it is you're going to give back. Think about this. Think about a farmer standing in a field, and he planted corn, but he's expecting wheat. It's not going to happen, right? If you plant corn, you get corn. Now, why am I saying this? The reason is, is because many of you are expecting to win people to Jesus, but you're not witnessing. You're not telling your story. You're not sowing the gospel. You reap what you sow. If you sow financially into the church, you are going to reap finances. But if you want to reap souls, you have to sow the gospel. You have to witness. You have to talk to people. Again, this is a financial chapter. Look at verse 7. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or in necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is, again is talking about finances. Many of you, and this is the most, the, the most generous church that I've ever been a part of, and we're coming right down to the end. We just have a little over a month left of construction to finish our new satellite facility. And so all of us are giving toward that right now. Because why? Because God's put in our heart. Many of us have experienced a breakthrough in finances. We've learned how to give. We've seen God bless us in that. Many of you have experienced breakthroughs in other matters. Why not have a breakthrough in this area? Why not have a breakthrough in witnessing? It is this simple. If you want to win someone to Jesus, so... Start sharing your testimony. Start sharing about God. Start witnessing everywhere you go. And you will win people to the Lord. Debbie and I have been talking about this lately. I've won a lot of people to the Lord. I don't think it's because I'm a better communicator than other people. One-on-one, I don't think I'm that good of a communicator. I really don't. But the reason I think I've won so many people to the Lord is because I've sown so much. I just tell everyone I can about the Lord all the time. I, I take every opportunity. I do it on elevators. I told you a few weeks ago about the ski lift. Had the person there, you know, just she couldn't get off the ski lift. So I was able to witness to her. I, I remember one time I was at a gas station. And there was a guy filling up his gas tank with a cigarette hanging out of his mouth. Like this. And he had ashes about that long on the end of his cigarette like that. And so I just said to the guy, hey, are you saved? And he said to me, huh? I said, I want to know if you're saved because you're going to be in heaven in a few minutes if those ashes fall off your cigarette. And if not, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. I just, just take every opportunity that you can to talk to people. 
By the way, the guy thanked me for helping him put his cigarette out before he blew himself up. And I just shared the Lord with him. I was um, standing in line at a restaurant one time. And again, I don't always use these terms, but sometimes I just feel led to. I'm standing in line at a restaurant. I'm paying my bill. The guy at the cash register, I just had these words come to me, so I just said to him, Would you like someone to tell you how to be saved? Just like that. Would you like someone to tell you how to be saved? You know what he did? He's doing like this with the money. And he said, Yes, I've been reading the Bible for three months to try to find out how to be saved. And I led in the Lord right there. Bows his head, praise, ask Jesus in heart, with people standing in line behind me waiting to pay their bill. Now, you, here's what you're probably thinking. I wish things like that happened to me. Listen to me. If you want to reap, you've got to sow. If you'll just start sowing, I promise you, you'll win people the Lord. Because you reap what you sow. You sow the gospel, you'll reap souls. If you don't sow the gospel, you might reap in some other areas of your life, but you're never going to reap in this area. So that's number one. Here's number two. You reap after you sow. Now, I know, again, this is very, very simple. But there are people thinking they're going to lead someone to the Lord, but they've never witnessed anybody. It's not going to happen. You reap after you sow. Again, think about a farmer standing in a field waiting for his crop to come up, and you say to him, uh, what are you expecting to come up? Uh, wheat. Well, so you planted wheat. No, didn't plant anything. But I'm expecting wheat to come up. You'd say, that's crazy. In the same way, if you tell me, I'm expecting to win someone to Jesus. Well, have you ever planted any seeds? Have you ever witnessed anyone? Nope, but I expect to win someone to Jesus. Come on. We've got to start planting seeds and sharing the gospel. God's Word never returns void. I want you to think about that scripture. God's Word never returns void. If we will just start sharing God's Word, it will accomplish what God sent it forth to do. That's what the Bible says. And by the way, God is the one who brings the harvest. It's only our responsibility to plant and to water. Now, flip over to 1 Corinthians 3 and let me show you this scripture. 1 Corinthians 3, Paul is rebuking them because they're still carnal. They're still fleshly. And so this is what he says to him, 1 Corinthians 3, verse 4. For when one says, I am of Paul, and another says, I am of Apollos, that was another apostle, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul, and who is Apollos, watch this, but ministers through whom you believe. In other words, the person that led you to Christ. As the Lord gave to each one. I planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. Now, who gave the increase? God. What did Paul and Apollos do? One planted, one watered. Every time you witness, you're either planting or watering. One or the other. Every time. And here's the thing you need to understand. Don't let the devil tell you you're a failure if the person doesn't get saved. It's not your responsibility to get people saved. It's your responsibility to plant and water. That's it. Leave the rest up to God. And if you plant a seed, or if you share Christ with someone who's already had a seed planted, you're watering that seed, let God take care of the results. If they don't get saved, that's okay. You were obedient. If you do what God told you to do, you were obedient. And many, many times, many of the people I've led to the Lord, I didn't plant the seed in them. Someone who planted the seed way before. And all of a sudden, I'm just there at that moment of reaping. But there are people that I planted a seed in that someone else leads to the Lord. And that's what he's trying to say in this passage. Listen, we're all working together. One plants, another one waters, but God gives the harvest. God gives the increase. 
And that's all we have to do. I want to take this, this pressure off of you to win people to Jesus. You do not have to win people to Jesus. All we have to do is plant water. That's it. God takes care of the increase. Uh, I was at Best Buy one time. And I just brought up church to this girl that was helping me there. And uh, I just said something about church. And she just stopped like this. And then she looked kind of both ways like this. And she said, do you go to church? And I said, yes, I do. And then she kind of looked both ways again like this. I don't know why she was doing that. And then she leaned up and said, I need to go to church. And I said to her, I can help you. I know how to go to church. I go to church. I know how to do this. I can help you. And then she looks both ways again. And then she said, I need to be saved too. Just felt, I mean, it's just right there. It's a golden opportunity. Now, again, here's the reason I'm telling you these stories. Again, you're probably thinking, nothing like that ever happens to me. I am not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to be mean. But here's my question for you. Do you sow? He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly. He who sows bountifully tells everybody he meets about Jesus will reap bountifully. Are are you all catching this? It works in every area of your life. So, you reap what you sow, you reap... After you sow, and here's point number three, you reap more than you sow. You know, if you plant an apple seed, you don't get back an apple seed. You get back an apple tree. Each tree has many apples. Each apple has many seeds. So you get back much more. It's the same. I was thinking about this as witnessing. I was thinking, you know, I've witnessed to a lot of people, and maybe this is the only principle. It just doesn't work with witnessing. Because it seems like I've witnessed to more people than I've led to the Lord. But you've got to think about it in God's perspective. We will never know. See, you witness someone, you witness someone else, you witness someone else, and then someone gets saved. But how many people then does that person lead to the Lord? And how many people do each of those lead to the Lord? We will not know, out of all the seeds that we've planted, how many people have been saved until we get to heaven. We might, you might win 12 people to Christ in, in, in uh, the, over the next few years, that those 12, out of that might be hundreds of thousands that get saved because of children and grandchildren and offspring and sharing. And then some of those might go into some type of ministry or become an evangelist and lead a lot of people to the Lord, like I said on the DVD, like a Billy Graham. How do, you, how do we know? Think about this. Have you ever heard he lived about from 1774 to 1845? His name was John Chapman. You ever heard of John Chapman? That's what I thought. Let me tell you what his nickname was, and you tell me if you've heard of him. Johnny Appleseed. You ever heard of him? For 49 years, he traveled around the country doing what? Planting apple seeds. He may have never seen how many apples and how many trees. All he did was plant seeds. But because of God's economy... There's been a huge harvest for hundreds of years since that time. Listen, I want us to be Johnny Gospel Seeds. <laughs> Wouldn't that be incredible if, if, if all of the churches and Gateway Church just spent the rest of our life just planting gospel seeds? And let God take care of the harvest. Let's just plant the seeds. Now, a few years ago I shared with you a story about my grandfather. And I want to share that again, so some of you heard it, but many of you haven't, because the church was much smaller when I shared it. But it's kind of a prelude to my testimony. Um, I don't really 
have a family tree. Uh, it's more like a weed. Um, on my father's side, we, we weren't believers. And my mother's side were church planters, by the way, which is, and missionaries, which is incredible because of what God's called me to do here. But my father's side were um, kind of like Brother Willard said, moonshiners and things like that, literally moonshiners. And um, so my father never went to church. My uh, grandfather had three sons. My father, the other uh, brother, my uncle, uh, just got out of prison. He's 70 years old and just got out of prison. And uh, the, my other uncle, my father's other brother, committed suicide. And that's kind of the, the family that we came from. My father had never been to church. And when he was 16 years old, my grandfather was working with the guy for the Texas Highway Department. Their job was to put asphalt in potholes. That's what they did. They put asphalt in potholes on the highway. And the guy he was working with was named Ray Alexander, and he was a believer. And he witnessed to my grandfather. And he said, why don't you come over tonight after dinner and let me share some more with you about Jesus. And so my grandfather said, okay. So after dinner, he got up and he started to leave. And my father said to him, where are you going? And uh, my uh, grandfather said, well, I'm going to talk to a man. Well, my father was 16, 16. So he had just gotten his driver's license. So he asked what every child does who's just gotten his driver's license. Can I drive you? My grandfather said, yes, but you have to stay outside while we talk. So they drove over. My father sat in the car. He tells a story. He said, I changed the radio. I listened to radio, and I shifted gears even though the car wasn't running, and I drove a few races in my mind. And finally he got a little bored, so he got out of the car, and he went up, and he sat on the steps of the front porch, and there was no air conditioning back then. So the door was open, but the screen door was shut. And for the first time in my father's life, He heard the gospel. I want you to think about this. Sixteen years old, never heard the gospel. He heard Jesus was the Son of God, came to the earth, and died on a cross for his sins. And this man said to my grandfather, would you like to accept Jesus as your Savior? And my grandfather said, no. I want to think about it. And the man said then to my grandfather, well, if you ever decide to get saved... Pray a prayer like this. And as he went through the sinner's prayer, my father, sitting on the front porch, prayed the prayer and got saved. And raised me in a Christian home. I became a Christian, and then for the first seven years, I was an evangelist. Did stadium crusades and preached in churches. Had thousands of people saved. Now through Gateway Church, we've had thousands of people saved. And... A few years before my grandfather went to be with the, went, died, he was 77 years old. Forty-five years after this man had shared Christ with him, I got burdened for him. So at a family reunion, we went in a room alone, and I shared Christ with my grandfather, and my grandfather got saved. And I called Ray Alexander. Now remember, this man shared Christ with him, and he didn't get saved. But he didn't even know that my father got saved and that thousands of people. So I called him and told him the story. I said, because of you... Thousands of people have come into the kingdom because of you. And now I want you to know that my grandfather has been saved too. And here's what he said to me. I want you to think about this. He said, I'm so glad you called me because he said, I have the names of every man that I've ever shared Christ with in the back of my Bible written down. Every one of them. Your grandfather's name's there. And when they get saved, I put a check beside their name. 
And your grandfather is the only name in the back of my Bible without a check beside it. And when we get off the phone, I'm going to go put a check beside it. Here's one man that put asphalt in potholes that shared Jesus with just about every person he met. How many thousands of people have come to Christ? Because I'm just one out of the people that he shared that got saved. That kind of came down the line. Listen, I am pleading with you. I'm pleading with you. Let's be a soul-winning army. Let's be Johnny Gospel Seeds. Let's plant the gospel everywhere we go and let God take care of the rest. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes.